0: Welcome to Ira's Everything Bagel, where I talk with intriguing people about everything, their passions, pursuits, and points of view. One of my great passions is the world of gadgets. I've been fascinated by them my whole life, and my guest is just as fascinated as I am. Plus, he has a YouTube channel. Jonathan, otherwise known as John Gadget, reviews everyday carry items, outdoor gear, tools, multi-tools, knives, and more. And what cinched his appearance today is his obsession, okay, our obsession, with pouches. Jonathan's YouTube channel is called John Gadget, J-O-N, John Gadget, gear for life reviewed. And you can also find him on Twitter at John Gadget. Jonathan, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Ira. I'm glad to be here.
0: Before everything else, what is it about pouches that just seem to stimulate the brain cells of those of
1: us who love gadgets? It's a good question. In fact, I had a delivery today of about half a dozen pouches and I'm very excited about that. Um, <laughs> I think it's because it's an opportunity to organize parts of your life. So I, I'm always on a mission to find the perfect pouch that I can fill with the perfect gear that helps me out in life's situations. So I have a pouch for everyday carry that goes in a sling. I have a different one if I'm out hiking. I have a different one if I'm going to the office and um, I don't know what it is. I know it sounds a little bit weird, but I, I just, I guess I like to be prepared and, and um, for everyday eventualities. And I get a big kick out of being able to solve problems um, using one of my filled pouches.
0: <laughs> but have you ever noticed that it never quite stays at a stasis level? In other words, there's always another kind of pouch that works better or another kind of gadget to fit in that pouch.
1: Absolutely. It's an evolution. In fact, I'm going through a pouch reorganization right now, hence my new delivery of pouches. And, um, and I've acquired new gear. I've got a new power bank recently. That's for the size is kind of the world's smallest and lightest. So that, that makes me rethink everything about my, my uh, outdoor pouch because it's now smaller and more capable. And yeah, it's an ongoing process. Ari. It never stops.
0: I want to give the folks a little bit of your background. You actually had. A major operation going the gadget shop with 50 stores throughout i guess great britain right
1: yeah so the gadget shop was my first um business and it started off with one shop in the uk near where i live and it was the shop i wanted other people to open that they never opened and i got to a point in my life where i thought well You know, why do not I open that shop that I want to shop in? So I opened this shop. I called it the gadget shop, filled it full of the sort of gear I'd like to buy and struggled to find on the high street. And over a period of the following 10 years, that one store became 50 stores. And it became the market leading brand on the high street in the UK.
0: That's an amazing accomplishment, especially when you, that's your passion, gadgets. And now you open up what you, as you said, a shop that sells stuff that you would buy and you would shop for. And there you go. And then you went from that to Red 5. And then your newest one, I believe, is Mood Beam. So if you want to share with our listeners
1: a little bit about those two. Yeah. So the gadget shop was sold because I wanted to try some different things. And I set up a product development company with a friend called Blue Sky Designs. And we have... Lots of licensed merchandise in the stationery sector, things like Harry Potter and things like that. So that's ongoing. I'm not. I've got shares in that, but I'm not involved in the day to day. But then, I gadget shop, which I'd sold, then went bust under the new owners, and and that prompted me to set up another gadget retailer called Red Five. Now, Red Five happens to be Luke Skywalker's call sign. And we had a bit of fun with that. I'm a big fan of that kind of movie franchise. And, um, and it was a similar sort of thing selling cool stuff, but we, we had franchises in other retailers. So in the UK, a big department store is Selfridges in London. We were in there, we're in Hamleys, which is a toy store and some other high street stores. And we had online and it was kind of a different, a different type of store, but it was in the same kind of gadget field and and that ran for another 10 years uh, it had about 30 stores but then we had representation in others with concessions and, and branded products and and that was sold in 2015 um and i was kind of done with high street retail then i was buying everything off the internet myself and i i began to think you know where where is the future for the high street so i i got out of that and then I co founded a company with a friend of mine um, called Moodbeam, and we've developed some software and a little bit of hardware, a uh, wearable, which you could choose to use or just use the app. And uh, we have a dashboard, and it allows organizations to measure the happiness of their employees. So basically, we're giving employees a voice to express the highs and lows of their working day, and we give the organisation new insight into where happiness lives within the organisation. And that's that's it in a nutshell. Particularly now you've got a lot of remote workers. You want to know if they're okay. You want to know if they're happy. If they're not, you want to understand, get a conversation going, understand why. And you can look at the happiness of teams or locations, look at things that are working, things that are not working, and um, and then take some action. And if you've got happier employees, the more productive, less absent, and you're more likely to keep them. And in the UK at the moment, we have a big thing going on right now where a lot of people are leaving their job and looking for other jobs. So if you want to keep your talent, you've got to keep them happy. And we have a tool that measures that.
0: So it's a way of using technology to humanize the corporation.
1: In a way, yes, It's in in really basic terms, it allows people to feed back on their working day. So it's like a survey, but a lot of surveys, like six monthly or annually, ours is real time in the moment every day. And that's a new bit of data that nobody else seems to have. And you can create heat maps of mood, which is what our dashboard does. And that allows you to see particular times of the day when things are working well or not working well. And at the moment... We, we, our main aim right now is to get users using it so we can learn from the user experience and get their feedback. So people can go onto our website, which is movebeam.co.uk or .com, and they can start using it for free, download a free app. And um, we, since we went that route, we've had this massive uptake from large organizations and small organizations. So, you know, once we get users, we could maybe add some functionality in the future and monetize that. But we'll always have a free, a free level that offers kind of the, the main functionality. And, and that's what we're doing right now.
0: I could see the positive and the negative, the positive being feedback from employees the negative that employees may feel they're being surveilled because their moods are being Yeah, no,
1: that's very understandable. Well, the great thing about it is people don't have to use it. So they can choose what they report and what they don't. Got it. So, and you've got to have an organization with the right culture because they won't use it if they feel that the culture is such that if they flag an issue and it affects their their career, then that culture will be known to the employees and they simply won't use it. So it only works in organizations where they have a positive culture around people and understand that the people are what make the business. And if the people are not happy, then the business does not uh, have the potential that it would otherwise have. So so yes, if the culture's not there and people feel that by expressing issues at work that it will affect their their career path, then it simply won't work. So it has to be the right culture.
0: In addition to all of that, and it sounds like an interesting project, you started a YouTube channel about gadgets. So that must have been a labor of love just deciding to do it, I would imagine, or maybe a rationale for your love. How about that? Well,
1: completely. I mean, what what I miss about Gadget Shop and Red 5 is the bit I really loved was product sourcing. Um, so I would travel far and wide looking for the, the best gadgets and the new innovations. And a lot of that would be in the Far East, particularly China, but I'd also travel... To the U.S. and I used to go to the various gift shows at the Javits Center in New York, and um, actually up and down the states, Las Vegas, which is I think where you guys are. Correct. Um, and um, and I would go to conventions and I'd be looking for you know the the smallest drone or you know the the most the, the newest multi-tool or the most exciting you know products. And and I missed that with my current role at Moodbeam, we don't. We, we don't do that. So in lockdown, because of the pandemic, I had some time on my hands based at home to think about, you know, doing some reviews on some of the, the, the products that I had around me. And I just thought I'd give it a go. And um, and it, it gave me an opportunity to buy more gear without um, me an excuse. And then I, what I found is one of my unfair advantages, if you like, is that I've had 20 years of sourcing products and picking particular products based on their features and, and, and more than that the benefits that those features bring. So I've done that for 20 years, and what I've realized is that is, is something that not everybody has. And it's been pointed out to me that that I have a way of looking at a product and picking out certain elements. So so I thought I'd give this YouTube a try so i put out a few videos and you start off with zero subscribers and zero views and it's quite a lonely space but i began to get traction quite quickly and it started in january this year i'm just um i've just passed eleven thousand subscribers which i'm told is reasonable growth um and that if i keep posting regularly then you know hopefully the growth will continue and um and I'm getting so much feedback from in the comments and learning so much from, you know, people who are viewing the channel. And now I've got loads of supplies sending me stuff to review, which is brilliant. So I don't have to buy it anymore. And um, and I'm really enjoying the process. I'm enjoying reviewing and seeing and learning and the feedback from the audience. And I also, you know, I'm enjoying the process of, of filming and editing. It's interesting because
0: your approach is different than other people reviewing gadgets and i know in the comments you just mentioned that they like your methodical approach but what i also like about your approach is that you are not rushing you are not pitching you are not selling you are looking at it analyzing it and yes you're enthusiastic about a particular product or gadget but it's it's from an approach of Just a nice, I don't want to say slow pace, but a
1: non-hurried pace. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because people have mentioned that in the comment that some people have said, I like your relaxed style. And I I, I never saw myself as having a relaxed style, to be fair. But when you compare it with, there are some reviewers who talk very fast, and as you say, it sounds like they are—they are making a sales pitch, and um, it's just not my kind of authentic self to do that. So, because I'm not really—I I wasn't really on a mission to—to to, to generate revenue and things like that. I just thought I'd kind of share my love of gadgets and and why I initially purchased certain things and how I was using them. And, and now there are new things coming in, and I can talk about those. And I also do a bit of mountain biking and canoeing. I like the outdoor thing. I've got an airstream, which is quite unusual for the UK to have an airstream. So Absolutely, I have to, you know, yeah. That gives me a reason to get out and about. And and yeah, so I was just really doing it for fun, I suppose. But it, it and, and therefore I'm not. I don't have an agenda, if you know what I mean. And. You know, if I was selling a product to somebody, I might, I might have a different uh, way of approaching that, but it's nice not to have that pressure to have to sell anything, you know, so, and that might come across. And I guess from the UK, we, we maybe have a different approach as well. And, um, most of my audience actually is in America, you know, if I look at the analytics. Um, so, so yeah, it's, um, it's interesting you say that, that you picked up on that. And that's something I will probably, uh, I'll probably keep that style if you feel that's a positive thing. I think it's great. Here's a controversial
0: question: Is your airstream your biggest gadget?
1: Yes, actually, <laughs> uh, it is. And, and, and I've been asked again in the comments to um, to show people around it, and I probably would in- introduce it as the biggest gadget I own because it, it, you know, it's quite cool. It's slightly different inside to the American fit out, so it's being kind of Europeanized, I suppose. So it's kind of Korean work surfaces. It's red leather sofas. It's lots of dark wood. And I guess you know people are interested in that um, and uh, how everything works. You know, what does how does a toilet work? People ask. People want to know what 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 that entails, for example, and um, and so on. So yeah, I think that might feature on on a future video. Is it a earlier model Airstream or a
0: more current?
1: it is more it's more current so it's 2015 it's slightly complicated because in the uk our nose weight is limited to 150 kilograms in the in america it's 500 kilograms so half a metric ton so it means the chassis is different the wheels are in a different place so uh, the bodies uh put on in america the electrical stuff is made in the uk as are all the, uh, the furnitures made in, in uh, Germany. So it's a real mix, but it, it, it actually looks like a proper Airstream, and, and I love it. How do you balance the public life,
0: and I would include YouTube in that, the YouTube public life and your private life? Because you mentioned people want to see the inside of the Airstream. You may have some areas in the Airstream that are private or personal to you. How much of a personal life do you feel sharing with an audience versus the YouTube public life?
1: Yeah, it's a good question that I don't share a lot of private life. So I don't involve my children or my wife in what I do, because, you know, that would be effectively forcing them into what is a small amount of limelight. But I certainly don't mind showing somebody around the airstream. There's no part of that that needs to be hidden away i just i'm just a probably um i I just keep other people out of it because it's not their choice to be in it whereas some youtubers their whole thing is about family life and and that's great you know if, if that's what they want to do as a family that's great but my wife is a potter so she is a kind of ceramic artist she has loads going on doing that so she has a you know she has that world i have a youtube world and um and it's great that we have different interests, so when we when we talk over dinner, we actually have things to share rather than silence. <laughs> That's
0: great, especially if you're married a long time.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's 10 years for me, Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> Here's a metaphysical question, I guess, or no, it's a practical question, but it's one that I face and I'm sure you face tenfold, and that is gadgets versus clutter. In other words, Where do you put all the gadgets? I see stuff all the time. I'd love to have, and I can rationalize and justify a use for it. But after a while, there's space issues, and also too, when you're traveling. And I used to travel with a lot more gadgets than I do now because I realized I was carrying way too much stuff. So I slimmed down and I minimalized as much as I could. How do you deal with that, especially now with your new role of reviewing gadgets? And companies are sending you things. Do you have uh, an outdoor storage shed? Do you have a warehouse? How do you work it so that maybe you give some of the gadgets away after you review them? I don't know. But that to me was always an issue. How do you find room for all the gadgets, especially if you're a gadget lover?
1: Yeah, no, this is a problem that is building right now because I've only really been, as you know, doing this this year. And prior to this year, I'd had a massive declutter. I used to have a 40-foot container in a storage yard full of stuff. And what I realized, it, it kind of became full of stuff when we moved house about five years ago. What I realized was all that stuff in a 40 foot container, and that's quite a big space, was hidden away. And I forgot what was in there. And I clearly didn't really need it. And it was just sat there. And it, it slowly degraded. So I made a big effort um, this year to empty it out, give stuff away, sell anything that had any value. And um and and declutter and that was quite a cathartic thing to do uh, particularly because it was costing me every month to have that space so that was great and now it's all building again um I, I guess the good news is a lot of what i review is small although having said that i've just had a double ski bag delivered today <laughs> but one of the benefits is it rolls up into a small shape. <laughs> um
0: there's but, always there's always a rationale it, for these things <laughs>
1: they yeah fold up yeah bit, right my <laughs> wife kind of raises her eyebrows and sort of holds it out and says i think this is yours with the subtext being where are you going to put that um, but a lot of what i do is um, victorinox multi-tools knives flashlights and they are reasonably compact And yeah, I do some giveaways and I plan to kind of find a way to do that more often. Some of them I hang on to for a while because I compare it all the time. So if I've got a a flashlight, I want to compare the beam pattern with another one. So I'll hang on to it for probably a year until it's maybe been superseded and then, then I'll find a way to move it on. And I've got lots of friends in the village where we live. They keep reminding me that if I if I ever have any flashlights going spare or knives. <laughs> or as they call
0: it, torches. <laughs>
1: Tor- yeah, I'm using flashlights because the audience is largely American. Correct. And I'm not sure torches, they know, you know, I, I get the feeling if I say torch, they'll think I'm talking about like a welding torch or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, torches in the UK and they're going like, yeah, well, you know, if you've got any spare. Yeah,
0: you know, exactly. So there's
1: plenty of places for it. I'm glad I'm not reviewing you know, really big gear like furniture or something like that, because that would be a struggle.
0: I like your background because you use the same background each time for your YouTube review, and it just has a nice warm feel to it. Again, it doesn't have that hectic, as we spoke earlier, that hectic approach to reviewing gadgets. It's much more relaxed. I assume it's a home office or perhaps just a backdrop, but in either case, it has that nice feel to it.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. People say, Oh, I like your studio. And I'm thinking, well, actually, it's not really a studio. <laughs> this has been my office for, for the last five years since we moved. And I've got some shelving behind me and I very much like the kind of, I guess you'd call it Victorian in the UK or maybe steampunk sort of feel that, um, so I've got some behind me. There's some typewriters and a mix of kind of wood and brass and things. So I really like that kind of warm feel. And. There's also lots of gadget-related things. So over the years, I've collected certain gadgets. There's a couple of things I've invented back there that I sort of keep for nostalgic purposes. And the only thing I've added for YouTube is two blue lights. So it was looking a bit yellow back there. So when, when I do the, the recording, I put on the two blue lights, but everything else has been there for you know a few years. And it just kind of... It adds a bit of interest, I think, to the background. Um, it's awkward because this is not very deep. So that, that, that is only a meter and a half away from the desk. So I have to put it at a bit of an angle. Otherwise, I, you know, because I'm trying to defocus it a little bit, but it's so close. It's very hard to do it. So, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a really small office. And um, But it does seem to work quite well because people comment, you know, I oh, really like your studio or your background or whatever.
0: <laughs> what is the one gadget that has stayed with you? Because you've reviewed, well, first of all, if you go back to your original company, you were selling all these gadgets and now you're doing this YouTube show called John Gadget Gear for Life Reviewed. Is there one gadget that has stayed with you? And it could be an EDC, everyday carry or it could be something you use in your travels, or it's something that you use around the house. Is there one gadget that you've had for more than five years, 10 years, 15 years?
1: Yeah, there is actually. There's, there's one thing I've always carried, even before I'd come across the word everyday carry. It's just always been with me. And it's um it's a Leatherman product called a Leatherman Micra. So it's a very small, you might be familiar with it. I
0: have one right on my keychain.
1: Uh, right, exactly. So so when I had Gadget Shop, we were the biggest retailer of Leatherman in the UK, and um, I actually got presented with a gold-plated Leatherman Wave some years back, which I've got behind me on the uh, on on the shelving, and um, and the Leatherman Micro was was so sort of um, it was such a revolution when it came out because it was so well engineered, tiny yet really functional, and. As you know, it's got those scissors on and, you know, I use those, you know, daily. You're a big fan of scissors. Very big fan, right? So I've always had one and I tend to lose them. I've had loads confiscated at airports recently because I forget I've got it with me. And I I did um, a roundup of them just looking in coat pockets and drawers. And I found 10 of them recently going back through the ages, different colored ones with a paint. Um, sort of, and I actually did a review on the channel of the, the Leatherman Micra to compare it with what has come along since. And the bottom line is a kind of spoiler alert. Nothing has actually uh, come along that has, that has, that is superior to it in my view in terms of the functionality and the size and the engineering quality. So I just carried one of those for more than 20 years. It's funny, so similar in that sense because I had
0: it away for a while, and I just after watching your YouTube channel and your discussion about it, I dug it up again because it was handy. It was in a drawer. I said, "Well, yeah. I think I could put this back on the keychain," and I have, and I use it again regularly. And it's, it's kind of hard to improve beyond that. So,
1: yeah, before I, b- yeah.
0: before I let you, before I let you go, what's yeah. the worst gadget that you reviewed?
1: Well, uh, on the channel, I tend to review things that I like so I don't really think it's fair to suppliers to get stuff and then trash it if you know what I mean so I'm always on the lookout for cool stuff stuff that has a USP uh, I'm not really on the lookout for for things that are disappointing just so I can make that point I guess if I'm reviewing uh, if I'm comparing product I tend to pick a winner and therefore there's you know there's ones that don't fair so well but it's purely my view you know other people might have a different application for what i'm reviewing and prefer a different one and that's entirely up to them and i'm really interested to hear their feedback so in terms of the channel i don't think i've reviewed any complete disasters um not yet anyway i'm sure i'm sure that will come um but over the over the years i have bought for our store some um, horrific stuff over, <laughs> over time. When I think back, um, so um, I have had my fair share of of, of things that are not great. But um, generally, things that attach to a toilet I usually regret <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> regret
1: regret buying you know, in in the past. You know, when when the returns come in. Uh, <laughs> but um, but not for the channel. The channel I'm I'm looking to find new stuff surprise people with things that they might not have seen before, or, or, or give them ideas about how things can be used in a way they might not have thought of before. So that's, my aim is to be quite positive. Um, no, yeah.
0: that makes perfect sense. Are you scheduling a YouTube video on a regular basis, once a week, twice a week, once every two weeks? How does that work for you?
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm absolutely determined to get one out every week. So it normally goes out on a Friday evening in the UK, which will be kind of um, sort of mid-morning, I guess, in the States. Um, and it's my aim to, you know, and it's put, I put myself under some pressure sometimes because I am, I'm a bit OCD and I spend ages on the edit. I mean, the one I put out on Leatherman versus Victorinox uh, on Saturday, I mean, that was a two-day edit for a, a 30-minute sort of, but I wanted to do it justice. Um, so sometimes, you know, bearing in mind I've got a day job, sometimes... He can put me under a bit of pressure, but I think if i if I regularly post, I'm sure the audience appreciate that if they you know if they're subscribed and and like to see what's next. and I'm sure the algorithm appreciates that as well <laughs> and i'm I'm really determined to to try and you know um make this um a full time um gig at some point in the future because I could imagine it it's a perfect thing to as you get you know as I get older and 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 look to have more fun than income. <laughs> that will be a fun thing for me to do whilst maintaining some income. And you never know, the channel could do really well and I actually might make some, some proper income. Who knows? Well,
0: that's a great way to leave it. My guest has been Jonathan, whose YouTube channel is called John Gadget, Gear for Life Reviewed. Check it out and you'll be hooked. Jonathan, thanks for being on the show.
1: Thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure.
0: And join us every Thursday for a new schmear on Ira's Everything Bagel.